Ron Ananian. It's always the simple things in auto repair. It's always the most basic item that creates the issue. Take it easy. Take it easy. Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. The car doctor. Yeah, I think you're on the wrong sensor unless I'm unless I'm wrong, but I would verify that. My understanding is on 08s, they take vehicle speed signal off the right front wheel speed sensor. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome, Ronnie Nini and the car doctor here at the helm. 855-560-9900. Fired up and ready to go. Talking about everything automotive, that's what this radio show is about. More information at cardoctorshow.com, spreaker.com for podcasts, and all the bits and pieces in between. Facebook fills in the gaps very nicely. Thank you very much. Driving around today, coming in to do the show, I I noticed, I'm going to say it was about a 10-year-old Ford van, E250, 350. Remember when Ford had some common sense about them on the kind of cars they sold, and they made big vans for carpenters and construction workers and plumbers and things, you know, instead of to cram everything into the size of something the size of a Volkswagen. And I noticed the inspection sticker on this vehicle, October of 2017. And I went, wait a minute, it's the new year, like, it's, eh, but is it overdue inspection, I thought to myself. And I've decided maybe New Jersey really is the state of confusion instead of the state of New Jersey. Because if I can't figure it out, how does the local boys and girls in blue figure it out? How do they know to enforce the law? How do they know whether or not that vehicle is due for inspection? Wait a minute. What's Ron talking about? Well, in New Jersey... See, there's, there's, there's a magic pill in New Jersey, or this is the land of magic, where some cars, not all cars, and some trucks, not all trucks are required to be inspected. It, 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 it's, not, it's not equal, all right? The laws of, of, of common sense don't really apply here. So if you're driving a commercial vehicle, which this van did not have commercial plates on it, but it looked kind of like a Home Depot kind of uh, weekend warrior type person, if you know what I'm saying, um, it just it didn't have commercial plates on it, and it had an overdue inspection sticker. So now the question in New Jersey would become, what's the GVW? What's the gross vehicle weight rating? Well, it's an E350 van. I don't think he's toting pallets of popcorn around. I think it's more like a you know a heavy-duty vehicle. But you see, if it's a certain GVW, it's not required for inspection in New Jersey because, well, I don't know why, actually. Um, I think the argument I've heard from some of the motor vehicle inspectors is that they look at the number of types of those vehicles that are exempt on the road, and then they decide that, well, you know, maybe we don't need to require that to be inspected because there's only 6,000 of them instead of 60,000 by comparison, and perhaps that ratio number isn't exact, but that's, that's their line of thinking. You see, I live in New Jersey, but I'm, a, I'm an auto mechanic. I have some common sense about me, I think, because I think one dirty bomb could probably kill you, just like one bad vehicle with brakes coming down a hill overloaded with no inspection sticker would kill you. And I don't understand that line of thinking. I really don't. 
Down around the bottom of the hour, to show you how New Jersey is really prepared for the future, we're going to be talking to uh, Owen Proctor. He's a he's a writer for the North Jersey Record uh, here in New Jersey, the, the Bergen Record. It's been around for a million years. And we're going to talk to him about how New Jersey, New Jersey, New Jersey needs 23,800 auto mechanics in the next seven years. Now, I realize when I retire... Eh, there's that's probably probably good for two or three, but uh, still, okay. All kidding around aside, twenty three, almost twenty four thousand auto mechanics in the next seven years. I know shops that have helped wanted ads out for the past five years, and they haven't gotten one guy to walk in the door that can chew gum and walk at the same time, much less be able to fix a car. So maybe that's the plan. Maybe in New Jersey, we're not going to require vehicles to be inspected. Because we're not going to have vehicles, because what's the point? We're not going to have mechanics to fix them, so it won't really matter. But it's a sad state of affairs here in New Jersey. It really is in, in, in terms of where we're going. And I'm serious about that. I can't tell the difference what vehicle needs to be inspected and what vehicle does not. How, do the, how, do, how does the police department know? You know, you look at this van, your first reaction is, gee, it's two years overdue inspection. But you know what? I have a sneaking suspicion this vehicle is exempt. And unless you're really trained, I, I don't know how you'd be trained. You'd have to know GVW. You'd have to know exact model year. You'd have to know a bunch of factors. But the bigger picture, coming back to safety, it made me think that how can you tell what's safe in New Jersey? And by that, I mean, you know, commercial vehicles in New Jersey, commercial vehicles within a certain gross vehicle weight rating are required to go through safety inspection. So we have to we, we, we have to look at tires and brakes and exhaust and lights and wiper blades and, and make sure that they're all in good working order. And I get that. But then I don't understand how the majority of vehicles and I've talked about this before, ranted probably, how the majority of vehicles driven by you and me and anybody else in the state of chaos here, otherwise known as New Jersey, doesn't have to be inspected because previous governors and the current governor, I think, by his lack of action, continue to believe that most people will maintain a car. I've been fixing cars 43 years. And I've got to tell you, the number of times I could count somebody walking in and saying, hey, I've got to put wiper blades on my car because I'll see better. Boy, it just it just doesn't happen that often. You know, it just doesn't. It's, it's more a case of, well, the check engine light's on. And here's a perfect example. The check engine light's on. I'm going to sell the car. Can you turn the light off so when I trade it into the dealer, they don't see that the car has a trouble code? And you just look at them that... And I can't tell you how many times I've said no and how many times I've lost a customer because they didn't understand what an honest mechanic looks like and they're insulted by the fact. But the point becomes that we're letting, we're letting the government, boy, I'll tell you what, I hate to get political, but this is something i got to get political about because it kind of irks me. We're letting the government decide what's a safe vehicle on the road and we're exempting common sense. I remember 10 years ago where we talked about, and we've been talking about the, sh the coming shortage in auto mechanics for decades now. We could see this coming down the road 20, 25 years ago. We looked at the technology. But 
to look at this and say 24,000 or so mechanics needed in the next seven years tells me that we're so ill-prepared. We're so, we're so understaffed in this area. And again, we let the government make a choice in terms of what sort of programs to be made available. Auto mechanics are not, are not something that you grow. You have to nurture it. You have to take consistency. It takes a long time. It's like, it's like prepping somebody to play in sports, except in auto repair, you have to win every day. You can't you know, have a losing record and still get paid. And it's something that I think is going to smack not just the residents of New Jersey in the face, but it's going to smack everybody in the face because the coming shortage of auto mechanics is going to leave a deep, lasting impression upon all of us. Just the way the shortage of safe vehicles on the road in New Jersey has left a lasting impression, or soon could. Just remember, the New Jersey inspection program will change eventually. All it's going to take is somebody's brakes to fail, some catastrophe to happen as a result of, and I'm not wishing this, but I'm just being practical. You know, they always manage to put a stop sign up at that bad corner or change that stop sign to a traffic light after the fatality because that's when the government gets reared up and 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 more riled up maybe not as much as me but they try 855-560-9900 i am ron anany in the car doctor and i'll be back to open up the garage doors right after this For the best in car advice, give Ron a call, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. And to close out that comment about that opening story, I thought to myself during the break, did I, did I say everything I wanted to say? You know what? I realized they've, they've, unfortunately, they've actually confused the police because, you know, and maybe they haven't. Maybe the cops don't have time to be worried about inspection anymore but they've sure made their job harder trying to figure out do i pull this guy over for no inspection sticker do i pull this guy over for an expired inspection sticker or should i go chase the guy that i think is selling drugs to kids on the street corner like and, and obviously the magnitude is different but it, it it makes their job more difficult new jersey get your head out of your the sand let's go over and talk to uh, terry in illinois terry welcome to the car doctor how can i help terry yes sir Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I got a uh, 2000 Infiniti. It's an I-30. Uh, of course, it's got the it's got the Nissan uh, motor and uh, the Nissan or Maximo Nissan motor and transmission. Right. But uh, um, <clears throat> I've done it. I'm on, I've only been doing this about a year. But every every oil after I get an oil change, I get I get a lot of carbon build up. Uh, when I first started, I just I took uh, some seafoam and uh, took the tube and got the sprays of seafoam down my intake. Uh, I, I made sure the uh, you know the tube was sealed around the uh, the, the air induct and everything, and, and uh, got it in my uh, intake. And uh, once I sprayed the seafoam, man, the car runs perfect. I mean, it runs like it's brand new. But after three months, <clears throat> I could tell that carbon build up coming back because I get a lot of just some hesitation going on, and, uh, and I spray the seafoam again, and it all clear out. So I'm just trying to see what can I do to stop that carbon buildup. H- heavy mileage car, Terry? Uh, it's got, now it's got 200,000 on it. Yeah, okay, so it's got a fair amount of mileage. Um, I'm curious what the relationship is to the oil change. You're saying changes the oil seems to make a difference in how the car runs? Well, no, it's just I keep up with it. So I do my... Uh, 
my oil changes uh, like every three months or that three or four thousand miles. Okay. So in between every three or four months, I do that oil change, but I do the oil. I always spray the uh, the sheet foam in there before the oil change to you know make sure all that contaminants get in the old oil. I don't want to mix it with the new oil. So I mean, once I do that, you know, let it let it soak or sit for ten, fifteen minutes and, and burn off the off the deposits inside the motor, inside the crankcase. Uh, you know, the car the park the car is perfect. Uh, you know, no hesitation. Uh, you know, during warm up. Uh, I mean, the, the, the car is just like man, like brand new. But like after when it's time for that oil change, the three months it, it, it's like the carbon a build up. And I can tell it's that carbon by the way it hesitates. And I keep I keep ninety two, ninety three in the you know my, for fuel for gas. Right. Um, I guess my question is why aren't you using some sort of in tank carbon cleaner in between the oil changes? Or we haven't just come to that yet. You mean like that you pour in the get in the gas tank? Yeah. Or? Well, I do I do that too. What do you what use? I do. I I tried the uh, Lucas. It didn't seem to be doing too good, but I, I tried the seafoam since uh, I pray I put the seafoam in the intake. So I, what I do is I pour some seafoam, let let my uh, gas tank get down to a quarter of a tank, put the seafoam in there, and I fill it up to like three quarters of a tank. And uh, I, I drive it for a couple of days before I'm ready to do the oil change. Right before I do the oil change, I put my seafoam okay. in the in the intake. And uh, I mean after that, I mean. The, let the soap fire up and uh, you know burn off all the all the carbons you know through the exhaust. I mean, the, the car is perfect. Right. Yeah, I, I get that. Oil, yeah, and I, I go get my oil change in three, three, four months. I mean, the car is running great, but right at that between that three, three and a half clear period, I can I can tell that carbon deposit is building back up. Well, I got to tell you, I don't think the sea foam is cleaning out the carbon to a level that you're expecting it to just by just by what you're doing to it all right and and i i really tend to think that i would try a different chemical if what you're using isn't working all right you know this is you know if if what you're doing to fix the car isn't working do something different i mean it's 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 the simplest rule in auto repair as as long as what you're going to move to is, is is a logical you know common sense move so to speak I'm not to say that you're not using common sense. I get what you're doing. Um, so, and you know what? Seafoam, I have some respect for seafoam. I've used it maybe once or twice over the past 40 years. I don't use it a lot. We don't have a lot of access to it. I know there are legions of seafoam aficionados out there. Guys rave about it. They use it all the time. My argument against seafoam is, number one, I don't have direct availability to it. I could, I guess I could Amazon it or something. But... Seafoam, I always hear a lot about seafoam from my friends with boats. I tend not to hear a lot about seafoam with my friends that drive cars. And, you know, the last time I looked at seafoam, and maybe they've changed the formulation, is that seafoam was a marine product, and then they converted it to an automotive product. And it's, it's, I think it's got some automotive legs now. I just don't know to what degree. I, I think fuel system cleaners are only as strong as the company that the engineering that's behind it how you know how much you know what's what's the chemist doing what are they looking at are they evolving for the new fuels and so on i I think you have two issues here terry i think the first is i think more so than a pour in fuel system cleaning 
or a spray in the intake fuel system cleaning. This car needs a good old-fashioned carbon cleaning. Um, hook up a machine, run the injectors, run fuel system cleaner strictly through the injectors, let it you know do its job against the, the carbon deposits that are there, the heavy deposits, the tops of the pistons, and so forth. And, you know, there's a couple of different products out there you can look at. I would look and see what your repair shop has. But I'm talking about where they disable the fuel system, you know, take away the fuel supply of the tank and tie directly into the fuel rail somewhere and actually do a good old-fashioned carbon cleaning. That's, okay. that, that's step one. Step, right. step two, I think, let's change product, all right? Let's try okay. some Berryman. And you knew I was going to say that. But I like Berryman. Berryman's a company that they've got a, they've got a bunch of fuel system cleaners out there, uh, BerrymanProducts.com. They've got all sorts of cleaners. And they've also got something. They've got an oil treatment. And I'm wondering if there's some sludge buildup in the crankcase. I'm wondering if the rings aren't sealing as well as they could be, 200,000 miles. I'm wondering if there are things that are sticky and, and, and corrosive and so forth. That I'm wondering if a couple of oil treatments to this car over the course of the next six months to a year might help its longevity as well. So I, I think this is a three-step process. I think this is a get a formal carbon cleaning done. Let's try some Berryman fuel system additive with their hot, with their HEST technology, high-energy solvent technology, which has a lingering effect to continue to uh, erode and, and, and dissolve carbon after the, it's, it's, it's gone in its bulk form from the tank, so to speak. And, and then let's try their oil additive um, to maybe do a little bit of an oil flush prior to doing that oil change to get the contaminant out. Um, so three-step process. BermanProducts.com is where you want to read about it. Um, also available at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right. And, um, you know, see what happens and kind of take it from there and report back. Let us know what goes on. I'm Ron Anady in the car, Doctor. Hey, coming up next, Owen Proctor, the 23,800 auto mechanics for New Jersey in the next seven years. That story coming up next. Don't go away. Well, this car is automatic. It's systematic. It's hydromatic. Why it's greased lightning? Hey, hey, welcome back. Ron and Andy, the car doctor here. You know, I've said it for years. We've been talking about it for a very long time. And it's something I felt, gee, 20 years ago when I saw where computers were taking over cars, that there was going to be a shortage of mechanics. But now it's sort of sticking right in our face. Recent article in the, in the North Jersey record here in New Jersey um, by Owen Proctor. New Jersey needs 23,800 auto mechanics over the next seven years. And um, it's a staggering number, and it's, it's, it's a little on the scary side, but it's also a wake-up call to uh, New Jersey and the surrounding states on what we need to do and how are we going to do it. Well, here to talk about it today and highlight some of the facts, Owen Proctor. Owen, welcome to the car, Dr. Sir. Thanks, Ron. I'm, uh, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. Um, uh, always a, a pleasure. Um, accurate article. I thought the article was very timely. I, I think you hit the nail on, on, on several of the heads. Um, can you tell us a little bit about where do these numbers come from? People are going to listen to this and go, oh, 23,800 mechanics. That's got to be an exaggeration. But they're based on statistics, correct? Yes, and if you look at them nationally, I mean, it's and this is coming from the U.S. Uh, Bureau of, uh, of Labor, Labor Statistics. And uh, if you look nationally, it's 76,600 annually. Uh, and we're just talking about cars. I tried to narrow this down to the art because you can go all kinds of directions with mechanics. 
this is the just the automotive technician who's working on family cars in the garage, uh, you know, either a dealership or, or a small uh, independent uh, operator. And, you know, it's just 76,000. <laughs> Uh, 600 annually is just staggering through 2026, and it could even get larger if you look at the uh, the diesel end of it, which goes easily probably over 100,000 uh, mechanics needed each year, and uh, that that breaks down to uh, uh, 3,400 annually in New Jersey, and uh, and that's uh, that's a lot of in, in New Jersey is population of 9 million people right and a lot of those folks are driving right and and i think the issue comes back to what people have to appreciate that's that's 3400 bodies a year that want to be mechanics or are capable of being mechanics but that doesn't make them good mechanics Good, good mechanics take time. It's, it's, it's a cultivation process. It's a learning curve. Uh, you know, it's, it's, in my opinion, there needs to be an apprenticeship program, not just for mechanics, but I think at a national level where it's, it's five to seven years under, under a lead technician, how this works, how that works, how we do this, how we approach that. Is, is, is there going to be a crisis, I wonder, after reading this article, where there aren't enough mechanics, and maybe there's a problem. Maybe there is that 30- to 40-day wait period to get your car fixed. Do you see any information regarding that? I didn't see a lot into that. Uh, mostly I was looking into the uh, uh, basically what educational uh, uh, you know, opportunities there were and also to kind of get past that perception uh, where you know a lot of high schools these days are – you know, promoting college for all, four-year college degrees in uh, various fields, uh, you know, autom- automotive not being one of those fields, and to kind of, uh, you know, let people know that that is an option out there and a very viable option if you have a passion and a drive to, to work with your hands. And, uh, you know, so we don't come back to that. So we don't get to that situation where there are no mechanics that are good, you know. And the thing is, there's probably folks that are very good with their hands that are uh, doctors and lawyers, you know, and they went into another field because, you know, perhaps they were pressured more to go to those more white-collar type jobs. You know, it's it's funny, Owen, you talk about doctors. I've, You know, in in the past 10, 12 years or so, I noticed that as you go to the doctors for physicals and checkups and, you know, even to the, they all want to talk about cars and they all talk about the car they worked on when they were in med school because they couldn't afford the new car and, you know, how much they enjoyed working with their hands. And, and, and you're right. That's, that's where the passion starts. It starts because you enjoy working with your hands and you enjoy, you know, tackling that problem and sorting it through. And I don't see enough in New Jersey, much less nationally, in terms of, you know, the kids. All the parents want their kids to go to college. And I think I think that's absolutely spot on. I think there is a problem here that we're promoting kids to go to college when I don't know that they necessarily all want to or should. Uh, you know, it's it's there are some kids out there that are there's some really smart kids that aren't mechanics. And I think that's the crime of it all, and I think the school systems have failed in that sense, that they need to go and cultivate these kids and, and you know, do a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for, a better, um, a better refinement of, of, of placement so that their aptitude is tested, I think, on a better scale. Is that a fair assessment? Yes, I mean, there's, and the thing is, you know, the industrial arts, as they call it in the high schools, have, have kind of uh, gone to the wayside. Uh, I was... Uh, you know, fortunate enough to visit one of the 
one of the three, uh, only three uh, New Jersey uh, general education high schools that have uh, a, a, an ASC uh, accredited program. And, um, it, you know, just to see the excitement of the kids in, the, in, the, in those classes and they even have an auto, they come to auto club after the classes, you, you know, you, you don't see a lot of that in the, you know, in, in the high schools anymore, I mean, with the exception of the Votech schools, which, of course, have automotive programs. Um, and, and to understand, especially from the parents' point of view, that uh, it, it's a, it's a, it could be a decent livelihood, especially with this demand. I mean, you have the job security, you have uh, uh, what you could be averaging you know, after you have some experience and some ASC certifications. You could be averaging uh, $59,000 in New Jersey. Um, and, and this is done with uh, – with less time, expense, and debt that you have going through a four-year college program. Right. You know, in New Jersey, well, it's, you know, we talk about this. So the average kid goes to college, and what do they come out with? I, I, see, I see horror stories of kids coming out of college with, with $150,000, $200,000 in debt. So he, he'll, he'll go to this trade school to learn how to be a mechanic. I mean, I'm not going to kid. He's, his first couple of years, he'll probably spend between fifty and $75,000 on a toolbox and some tools. And then, as he evolves into more uh, in the field, he'll he'll grow more. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm afraid to think of what's in my toolbox after 40 years. But uh, mm. you know, the, the the point is, I've been making a living right along the way, and uh, you know, that's what I think we have to encourage with the young people. I was enticed by the the the, the part of the story. Um, New Jersey's mean hourly wage for auto techs is twenty three dollars or forty nine thousand four hundred, according to U.S. labor statistics. Um, that's a that's a pretty fair number, um, uh, you know, at, at fifty thousand a year annually within a, a certain time period to be making fifty grand a year, walking out the door of college, and then or maybe not walking out the door, but in your first couple of years and being productive, and uh, um, it, it sure doesn't make a lot of sense, does it, Owen? No, I mean, you know, it's, it's you, like I said, you, you, I mean, you have the potential if you have the drive and the passion to be much, uh, you know, further along in life than some of your uh, your your classmates that went off to uh, a four year college. Certainly not knocking four year colleges here. I mean, it's everybody, you know, it's it, the thing is meeting the needs of what somebody has a passion for, what they want to do, and what they can make a livelihood out of. Right. And uh, yeah. And you know, forty nine thousand, you know, isn't uh, in New Jersey, isn't uh, you know, forty nine thousand in, in uh, say Mississippi, right? Uh, but, but you know, it, it, it's a start. Sure, sure, it's a and start. Even if you're starting out twenty fifteen, I mean, one one uh, one dealership owner told me, you know, that he has people that experienced that have eventually worked up to forty dollars an hour. And are working ninety to hundred dollars, hundred hours a week, and they make over a hundred thousand with with benefits and a and a pension, you know. And <laughs> I mean that you can't get much better than that. Yeah, it's, and I think it's only going to continue to evolve. You know, one of the things I've always felt is, and I think you're the same way. You said it before. They're never going to outsource this job. They can't send this job overseas. You need to have mechanics right here. Um, you know, right here in the states, because you know it's 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 something that's hands on. It's 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 something right here in your hometown that has to be resolved. Everybody has to have a car. Everybody has to get to work, and uh, you know it's just going to continue to evolve and grow and um, become of an issue. Hey, Owen, before I let you go, I noticed you said New Jersey voters recently approved um, a bond of five hundred million for three hundred fifty million dollars are going to be set aside for Votech programs here in New Jersey. Is that a correct number? 
Well, here, here's how it goes. It's 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 a five. It was five hundred million. It was three. Uh, th- uh, it was three hundred fifty million. But that is going to be divided between VOTEC programs and school security. Now, I'm sure most of the listeners know school security is kind of a, a big thing right now. So, yep. you know, I kind of see maybe more play going that way. Uh, but what, what I understand from, from people that are in the uh, education, you know, they hope that that money, it, I mean, <laughs> any money is better than no money, right? And, uh, you know, if there's a, a program that really needs, uh, you know, to, to boost its automotive, they can do it because it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's an expensive endeavor to, you know, uh, to, to, to get a training facility up to train, um, you know, kids and um, to, to, to train for the uh, automotive. Right, to train for the field, sure. Yeah. But you know what, I think it's, I think it's an investment we're going to have to make. Oh, and what's the website? If the listeners want to go and read the article, where can they uh, find it? Yeah, if they go to NorthJersey.com, uh, are they getting, you know, just a... Uh, um, Google uh, something along automotive uh, technicians. Yeah, uh, I, 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 actually, I actually found it by searching it. I went to NorthJersey.com, and I searched 23,800 auto mechanics, and right away the article popped up. Um, so yeah, we're part, of the, uh, we're part of the USA Network, and, and of course, uh, the record, a long-time uh, institution here yeah. in, in North Jersey. Oh, yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, and I want to thank you for taking the time. I thought it was a great article, and uh, I want to applaud you, your efforts. I think uh, I think you hit a very timely topic, sir, and it was very well written. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. You're very welcome, sir. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this. the car doctor once again i want to thank owen proctor the north jersey record the uh, record i believe it's uh, is it newjersey.com or north jersey northjersey.com northjersey.com a uh, great article there new jersey needs 23,800 auto mechanics get over read it google it you'll find it let's go over and talk to karen in maine who's going to yell at me i understand tom tells me karen what did i do wrong welcome to the car hey, doctor. i'm not going to yell at you not going to yell at you i'm just wondering how come when everybody compares trucks Toyota is never included. The Toyota Tundra versus the Ford, the GM, the Chevy, the Ram. How come? Mm, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's. But then again, how can we never mention Nissans? How can we never mention Honda Ridgelines? How can we never mention? You know, I don't know. You know what? I, I I'm going to tell you from a practical point of view. I you know what? I'm either a Ford or a Chevy truck guy. I just am. And I'm not going to be ashamed of my biases. Um, I think Toyota makes a good product. I don't think I would trade in a full-size Toyota for a full-size Chevy or a Ford. But that's just me, um, just my personal preference. Uh, you know, for the record, yeah, I think Toyota makes a decent product. Toyota and Toyota and Ford are probably the top two vehicles I like to look at and consider purchasing when I'm out there to purchase something. If that makes you feel better. Uh, but then again, maybe just you know, it's it's. You know what? Maybe I, you know. I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that one, Karen. You know, I guess. I I've guess, had. Go ahead. I, I've had just about every one, every one, except for a Ford. I've never owned a Ford, but I traded in a Chevy Diesel to get my Toyota Tundra because I was tired of always having front end problems, and the price of diesel back then was too expensive, and. 
every time I needed to uh, change the oil, all it was just too expensive and not worth it to me to keep. What your, tow a trailer. What, what your Chevy truck was that? That was an 07. Okay. They've come light years since 07. They really have. Yeah. Uh, you know, but then, so, you know, fair point. So then I want to know how come... Toyota had problems with the frames on their pickups. I think it was, was it the, the Tacomas or the Tundras? It uh, was the early Tundras. Right. And it was, it was a yeah. good, it was a good four or five years worth, right? Yeah. How come? My husband had an O2 Tundra that they completely replaced the frame. Right. I have a 12 now, a 2012 that I tow a trailer with and I'm very happy with. I love my Toyota. I'm just a Toyota girl, I guess. Well, I want to know why everybody doesn't complain about when Toyota needed to replace frames as a fault. You didn't hear a lot about that in the news, but every time a GM diesel was a problem back in the day or a GM automatic transmission failed back in the day, we, we seem to be more, and I'm going to say this, and I believe it to be fact in my mind, I think we, we as we, I think the American people, from what I've seen in my my perspective is i think we are more critical of ford gm and chrysler than we are of toyota honda and nissan and that's just my personal observation uh, you know people seem to be more forgiving of toyota honda and nissan than they are of gm ford and chrysler and i i as one don't understand that and that's a uh, you know what i wish i had more time because we could we could have a uh, i think a lively discussion on this karen listen you call me back i'm running out of time I'm up against the clock you call me back next week maybe when we got a little more time at the beginning of a segment tell tom to put you on early tell him i'm not afraid of you and uh, we'll have a deep conversation all right sweetheart you have a good you have a good new year happy new year to you too i'm ron and in the car doctor we'll be back right after this Looks like a picture she was laying there Welcome back. We're on the the car doctor. Let's go over and talk to Mark in Las Vegas. Mark, welcome, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Um, I'm trying to take this headliner out of my stepdaughter's 07 Beetle because it's coming apart and she's had leaks around the sunroof. I got everything unhooked pretty good, right. except I'm having a hard time getting it unhooked from around the sunroof. Um, she's had leaks in this. Uh, I, I know now why you say VW stands for virtually worthless. Oh yeah, because it's a pain. And I've never, I've never had a car where the headliner just starts like peeling down. Yeah, falling uh, um, down. So I'm, tr I'm trying to get this out of there, and I got it everywhere except right around the sunroof. My question is, do I need to take that sunroof out, or there's, is there some things I need to remove? Well, I believe it's going to. Have you ever done this before? Um, I haven't done a Beetle, Mark. I've done a Jetta, but and I think, I think you're going to find that the sunroof doesn't have to come out because it can't come out till the headliner comes out. Um, I, do this because I'm up against the clock. Have you been to YouTube? Have you searched on YouTube? Yes. Because there, I know there's yes. a bunch of videos on headliner removal on Beetle on YouTube, and I would tell you to follow those, but go very, very carefully because you don't want to miss any steps. It is a Volkswagen, and it is very step-oriented. I'm sorry. I wish I had more time to give you a better answer. Mark, until the next time, I'm Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless.